hour two of the Blitz. It's starting right now on 1340 AM, 105.7 FM, live in your Fan Run Radio app. It's free wherever you get your apps, live in the Fan Run Radio web browser as well. And if you want to watch the video feed, well, that's over on Twitter. Over on Twitter. Let's get hour two started with an opening drive. What do you say, Sam? Hit the music. First down. Pretty interesting story in the NBA this weekend, and it wasn't Kyrie getting traded to the Mavs. The report came out yesterday that the NBA probed an incident involving the associates of Ja Morant and Pacers team members. I I had seen something about this, but I did not know what was going on. This is actually, like, pretty crazy. So, following a game between the Pacers and the Grizzlies on January 29th in Memphis, acquaintances of Grizzlies star John Morant aggressively confronted members of the Pacers traveling party near the team's bus in the loading area of FedEx Forum. Later, someone in a slow-moving SUV, uh, which John Morant was riding in, has been accused of uh, training a red laser on the team. Two members of the traveling party spoke to the athletics, said they did not see who shined the laser from the SUV. They also don't know if the laser was attached to a gun, but they believed it to be. Pacer's security guard in the loading area at the time remarked, that's 100% a gun. We felt like we were in grave danger, one person who was present said. Uh, The two sources who spoke to the athletic requested... Uh, anonymity based on fear of retribution from these two that confronted them uh, from those who confronted them they said that you know they also considered filing a police report but they were scared of the repercussions of doing so they did alert the NBA though uh, and the league did probe the matter NBA security and league investigators conducted an investigation interviewing numerous eyewitnesses reviewing video surveillance uh, following the allegations made by the Pacers, they did substantiate that a post-game situation arose and it was contra- confrontational uh, based on interviews, other ga- evidence gathered, but they were not able to you know, prove that any individual was threatened with a weapon. Certain individuals involved in the post-game uh, have been banned from attending games. The Grizzlies failed to comment. Uh... In that game, several Pacers, Grizzly team members also got into it with T. Morant and one of Ja Morant's longtime friends, Devontae Pack. Those two guys were on the court yelling explicitives at Pacers players during a timeout, uh, and then they were removed from the floor. But, man. Hmm. According to sources, the remarks uh, were directed from Pack and others. Come get some of the this. You don't know how we roll. I'll show you what I got. Some Pacer players yelled back at him, and they went back and forth a little bit before security got in the middle. I mean, this is basically the Pacers accusing John Morant and his friends of getting in SUVs and pointing guns at the team. That's crazy. Like, that should not be Is it actually guns or just like a, a laser? Well, I mean, they're, the laser was attached to, like, a gun. Are we sure? Well, that's that's what they're saying. That's what they're saying, though. 
What did what did Jaw say about it? No comment. No comment. I mean, Jaw. No, I saw, I saw Jaw the same said guy that, that I saw Jaw that said something about it. Like this is blatantly false. Like, oh, uh, I just he didn't make a comment to the athletic. Oh, maybe not to the athletic, but so he has made a comment now. Well, I, I thought I saw somewhere. Um, about him being like, this is a little ridiculous. I mean, you think he's just a big fan of laser pointers? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he could be. Could be. He's you the know, same guy that tweeted out, tweeted a fan, and told him he'll show him what hollow tips feel like. Yeah, I saw that one. I saw that one, Charlie. That was he's that was tweeted not a good fan that case. before. You don't think that it's plausible that him and his associates are pointing guns at opposing teams? I don't know. Maybe. I think there is a problem in Memphis right now. To be honest. Andy does a, not want to get called out by John Morant right now. That's what it sounds. It sounds like <laughs> Andy's just, just scared of John Morant. I'm not scared of John Morant. I mean, yeah, maybe I just maybe they just had a cat and they were pointing around a laser, playing with him in the back. I just think the Pacers are being a little crazy. I'll give I'll give the the, the Grizzlies have been taking Why a lot the of Pacers heat. Pacers just lie about that. I don't know because I don't like the Grizzlies. Maybe I don't know. I mean, I feel like NBA. I'm not, I don't know. I don't know. Gonna be like. Aren't just gonna like make up that maybe not. That, I don't uh, know. Laser pointed at them from the back of the car. That seems seems almost likely. Maybe. I don't know what to think about it. Never mind. I just like on one of the the Matt Barnes podcasts over the summer. Uh, I do remember there were some former players that were talking about the fact that they felt like there was maybe some some trouble brewing down in Memphis. It was Tracy McGrady. It had a lot of pointed words for the Memphis organization saying that he thought that it was getting out of control, that they lacked veteran leadership, that all those guys were getting attitudes, getting egos, that they were things were getting out of hand. It's kind of felt like it this year. Like it Steven feels like Adams the Grizzlies have quickly gone from like lovable team in Memphis led by John Morant that's you know an underdog that's now kind of taking the NBA and to enemy quickly. Well, that's what when, happens uh, when you're good. That's well, I mean, what happens just, when you're good. That happened to the Warriors. That's what happened to LeBron. That's what happens. Yeah, but the Warriors and LeBron won something, and the Grizzlies haven't. I know, I know. I'm just saying that's just what happens when you get a lot of media attention and, and everything you do I mean, is I think it's more than that, though. Like, I think the Grizzlies have just really gotten to a point where, like, someone needs to – they need a wake-up call. Like, they need to be reeled back in. Probably. You no, have, I, I mean, you just have, like, John Morant's friends and family just, like, getting in fights courtside, like, one out of every five games, it feels like. You're fighting Shannon Sharp. You're talking the, the, the kind of trash that is typically reserved for, like, a, a, a back-to-back repeat champion. I'm not going to blame the Grizzlies for the Shannon Sharp incident. I think that was a lot of Shannon Sharp. I don't think so. No, I that was, was 100% Shannon. I, <laughs> I was team Shannon in that. Can't, can't no. blame him for that Shannon one. I was fully team Shannon in that. Hey, I like that this. Gri- I like this Grizzlies better than the Grizzlies that didn't win games. What did, what did Shannon do? He said that Dylan Brooks like wasn't as good as LeBron. He yelled at people on the court as a fan. They, if that was anyone, but if it was Shannon anyone Sharp, else, the players they would have been escorted. They would have been escorted off the as court a fan, before. Well, as a fan, it, 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 can't it get out on the court with, and yell at him. Didn't, didn't it start with Dylan Brooks no. saying something to Shannon? No, first? Shannon Sharp was yelling at Dylan Brooks, and yeah. Dylan Brooks just was gonna fire. Was well, firing back at him because he didn't care. Pretty sure that Dylan was the one that fired first in that game. Because Shannon had been talking bad about Dylan on a show, talking about how he like wasn't. Well, good there enough, you go. Which is fair. There you go. He has a show where he is sometimes critical of basketball players. I just think the Grizzlies have some problems, and and you can't just have. Even if there wasn't a gun involved, you can't just have your dudes 
coming up on opposing players when they're getting on their team bus trying to start fights after games. No, you definitely can't do that. But can't I think be you're being a hater. Guns at people. I think you're being a hater. Can't be pointing guns at people. Allegedly. 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 I mean, it's the fact that there's even an alleged gun pointing incident after an NBA game is a problem within itself. You know, yeah. I. I no, you don't want that. I mean, you at least be, when Zach Randolph was there. You would be proclaiming Jimmy Butler's innocence if this was in Miami. At least when Jimmy Butler was there, like, or not Jimmy Butler, at least when Zach Randolph was there, like, he was actually trapping. He actually had some some street cred to back him up. So that's all that it takes to be able to do this? So it's just, least, that, that's least, fine? At least like, that's was fine. Wasn't, wasn't wasn't talking, he was just see, walking. See, it's just because, yeah, see, that's the, yeah, uh, never mind. <laughs> I just wanted to bring Charlie out wants him to be real tough. Yeah, guys, you just want. Yeah, you don't want. Yeah, exactly. If he's a real tough guy, guy has a gun, then it's shut okay. Up. I'd be it's one okay. of the two. Either be a real tough guy or or quit acting like you are, Jaw. That's just like the I thing like, is. Oh, like it's just that's the that's just like the Twitter narrative of it though. That's just the Twitter narrative. Like we don't actually know these people. We don't actually know these people. Seventy percent of the people in the NBA are fake tough guys. Yeah, we don't actually know these people. So who am I? Who am I going to say if it's real or not? I don't know. Things have gotten out of control with Memphis. They need to reel it back in. Second down? Yeah. Uh, that was first down. <laughs> that, was, that was a long first down. A lot of NBA. We were, there were some laterals on that play. Um, second down. Review. Jim Beheim was making some comments this week. No way. Um, wild article from Pete Thamel on ESPN. Just about you know the future of Jim Beheim. Um future of, of his thoughts on the future of college basketball Jim Beheim is, is 78 years old I think he's the oldest coach in, in basketball at the moment he's at his 47th year at Syracuse um, the Q's are not playing good they're 14 and 10 7 and 6 in the ACC which is having a very down year not on the bubble at all expected just to miss the field and it'll be the second straight season that Syracuse has missed the tournament He's had 35 career NCAA tournament appearances. Syracuse, one of the, you know, a blue blood, kind of, I'd say. Um, their worst drought right now, currently, in the Bayheim era. Um, not really trending in the right direction either. They beat Boston College on Saturday, but after that, Bayheim told Pete Thamel of ESPN he would probably return uh, for, for next year, um, saying the decision's up to him. Um, basically was pretty much um saying it's oh it's all up to me like it, it's my decision I've, I've got all the control here um he said 95 percent of syracuse people want me to coach he said and why wouldn't they as bad if we've been the last two years we were fun to watch and we're still fun to watch and we're still competing we just played three of the top teams in the country to a standstill i don't know if boston college is the top team in, in the country but um he said, if we're getting beat by 20 by some of these teams, then then at that point we'll say, okay, we'll see. He also said something along the lines of like, yeah, like 95% of Syracuse people come up to me and say, yeah, we, we want you to, to be there as a coach. He's like, not a lot. He's like, you see this in the media, like people want me out as head coach of Syracuse. He's like, I've never seen that. He's like, most Syracuse want me to still be the coach, which I don't think is the case. I don't think is the case. I think Again, for where Syracuse has been in the program the last two years and, and them not being competitive at all within their conference, I think some people would be fine with moving on. You know, it's hard that he's been there for so long and he is the face of Syracuse basketball, but he he's getting older. He's 78 years old. I think he's the oldest head coach in basketball. Um, basically, he said um, his quote when asked if he plans on retiring, he says, I have no other plans 
said this has been the question for 15 years now. It's not a new question. The calendar just keeps going. But I don't feel like that's a, a very weird answer. Uh, that's a weird answer to me because, of course, people are going to ask you this. You're, you're 78 years old. Like, yeah, the calendar's moving, but that's what happens when you retire. Like, you get older and you retire. So, yeah, people are going to ask you that um, when you're 78 years old. Um, yeah, I mean, that'd be like, hey, uh, hey Sam, you're going to graduate college anytime soon? Well, I don't know, man. The calendar keeps moving. It doesn't mean I have to. Yeah. Like, asking me questions <laughs> yeah, about no. doing natural things that you do as you get older i just yeah you're gonna get that question um and then the, the real headline of it though is that he really went in on some of his uh his conference mates he basically said uh the college this is a quote this is an awful place we're in in college basketball which i just like it, it, just saying that about you know where where you work this is never fun you don't want to say where you work is an awful place but Basically, just in terms of the transfer portal and the NIL, um, he said this is why guys like Jay Wright, Coach K got out. That's the reason they got out. Transfer portal, everything is nuts. He said Pittsburgh bought a team. Wake Forest bought a team. Miami bought a team. Calling out other ACC teams. And he said, my big donor talks about it. He doesn't give us money. Nothing. Not one guy. Our guys make like 20000 A little contradictory, but <laughs> he, that's what he said. Direct quote. Um, Wake Forest's coach Steve Forbes was just at, couldn't believe this. He said, "Out of any school to call out, why are we calling out Wake Forest?" What that was the weird part. Why is Wake Wake Forest basketball is probably the lowest down the totem pole of teams getting nil money for I mean, the like guys maybe to play. Boston College, like maybe. Miami's fair because they have, right. they they have that. But, but also at the same time, all this is legal. You can do this. You can have nil deals for players. That's the point. So, just a very very like. Two, like early 2010 comment from from Coach Beheim, like very it's a boomer take, very out of touch with current basketball. And I get it; he's been in the game for a while, and it is a lot different, and it probably is not fun for him as much as it used to be. But I agree that I think college sports are like in a worse place than they were five years ago. Why? Because players getting paid. Well, I mean, it's not it's not as simple as like players getting paid. I think it's the. I mean, I think it would be like silly to not be like, hey, this isn't great where we're at right now with the transfer portal and with the tampering and with it essentially being free agency. No, I get it, yeah. Having no checks and balances and without the balance of it at all, without I get any that. regulation. And the fact that now if you're a college coach, you your life is pretty much hell because you don't even like – you don't even get a break anymore. You have to constantly recruit both your own roster, the transfer portal, on top of the requirements that were already there for just recruiting high school athletes. I get it. Just because like it's different it for is, him, though, doesn't mean it should be the end of the I world. I mean, I think it's definitely <laughs> yeah. like college athletics are in a bad spot, though. I think that's like a generally... I think it's just in a new spot. It's I think just it's, in yeah, an unknown in spot. spot. I think it's in like a generally agreed upon bad spot. Like, he's not the only one to share that message. I think that that's like a commonly shared message between coaches i thought the weird part is like continuing to build off of that to be to go out for like wake forest and some of those other schools yeah but the general assessment of like hey this is not going well you know sports aren't in a great spot we need to fix some things like i think that's a pretty fair assessment third down yeah Alabama's got some new coordinators. <laughs> Hired some new coordinators over the weekend. At offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese, taking over. 
moving over from Notre Dame, heading down south to Alabama. An interesting hire. Then yesterday, it reported that Alabama also hiring Kevin Steele. Hmm. Interesting. Kevin Steele, Tommy Reese, don't really feel like like Alabama-type hires. And this is back-to-back years of underwhelming hires for Crimson Tide. I mean, I think there was, like, some decent buzz with Bill O'Brien, but, like, Tommy Reese isn't exactly a name I love. Like, I love. Probably going to run the ball more. Probably going to get, you know, some some guys involved. But, like, that's not necessarily an Alabama-type coordinator. Same with Kevin Steele. Kevin Steele, I think, is more interesting because at times we've seen him and have years where he's been, you know, an elite defensive coordinator. But, I mean, I think those years have kind of come and gone. You look at last year, you look at, at, at Kevin Steele, he was rated as, I believe it was the 123rd, excuse me, 121st best defensive play caller in the country. Uh, at Miami, adjusted for talent according to college football professor and his coaching metrics. I don't know. Just is this where we're at now with Alabama? Like, I, I really thought that you know you're going to see them hire like a Joe Brady or a Cliff Kingsbury, or just someone really exciting offensively, and then pair that with a great defensive mind. And instead, you got a defensive coordinator retread coming off a, a terrible season and uh, a, an offensive coordinator hire that makes you go well okay cool college football nerds tweeted i view kevin Steele as the sean clifford of dcs people hate him enough because he's not successful enough to leave his role but there's also a reason why he's been doing it for so long kind of makes sense it's a really good assessment yeah (laughs) (laughs) maybe like like, an aiden o'connell yeah you're like why is this guy still playing football but it's like well i guess i guess he can do it well enough to win some games What's Tommy Reese then? Tommy Reese seems like that one confused me more than Kevin Steele. Is he like a Spencer Sanders? Yeah. Maybe like an Adrian Martinez. Who's a? Are there any like former quarterback coaches already playing for or like coaching their teams? What are you asking? I'm saying, like, are there any former quarterbacks that are, like, back to being OCs, like, at a, at a school that they've coached at or something like that? I, 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 I didn't see I Tommy know. Reese leaving that place, to Off be the honest. Top of my head. Yeah. Everything about it feels weird. Andy, your assessment of these two hires? Yeah, it, it doesn't feel like the splashy names I guess you were expecting. I, I feel like, I guess, Saban does have a, an ulterior, ulterior plan. But yeah, it doesn't seem. If I were an Alabama fan, I I don't think I'd be relatively excited about that. Random time to announce it too. Kind of random. I don't know when you normally make these hires. Seems random. And they maybe, both happened right there. Maybe Alabama's just losing a step. I mean, again, it has been. What was it? Four hundred and sixty-one days since they beat Tennessee in football. It's a long time. It's a long time. I remember the day. You remember the day that they beat us in football? I remember it, yeah. I remember it, too. (laughs) It was in Tuscaloosa. I was at home. I was in Boston. I was watching it outside. 
met my cousin's fiance that day. Wow. Drank pretty heavily. Day will never forget. Heavily. Had a good time. For I was in a Marriott in We Boston. could have even won that game. Had a good time for three quarters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fourth down. Uh, fourth down. A uh, quick shout out to uh, the Stonehill Skyhawks. They are 8-3 and three in the NEC. If you don't know who the Stonehill Skyhawks are, I didn't either, but they uh, are in their first year of D1 basketball. Uh, they joined the NEC. I think they're up there in the Northeast somewhere. Yeah. But they've joined the NEC, NEC Conference, and they are currently outright leaders of the NEC Conference. So, unfortunately, because of the transition period of D2 to D1, so dumb. you cannot play in the postseason. So, Stonehill Skyhawks, although they are right now outright leaders of the Northeast Conference, if they were to win the tournament, it wouldn't matter. Like the Bellarmine situation last year, Stonehill could not qualify for March Madness until 2027. So, just quick shout out to Stonehill. They've won three in a row. Outright leaders right now at the Northeast Conference. But too bad for them. They can't play in March until I'm almost 30 years old. So, that's not fun for them. We gotta, um, we gotta if I said yesterday, I was like, if we, if this transition period is necessary, can we please have a March Madness field of teams that are in this transition period? Like, put all of the teams that have just moved up from D2, put them into a tournament field. Seed them out. Let them play a tournament. Like, give them something else. Like That's a good idea. Let Andy. Stonehill be a one seed. Let Bellman be a one seed and then play it out because that's not fun if you can't play for anything, you know? And, and let it be like a transition championship trophy. Yeah, there should just like again, there should just be a postseason. Yeah, like, or, or just, just yeah. let them play in the postseason. I I know. I think the reason for it is it's for them to financially catch up because it's like. Well, there were some outdated rules that like you read them now, they don't make a lot of sense anymore. It's kind of like where yeah. we're at. Yeah. Like I remember getting into them the last couple of years when Bellarmine had a chance and like when North Alabama had a chance. Yeah. I just think it's one of those things that, like, hey, if, let's take a look at it. If this isn't necessary, does we it had, have to be four years? Coach Cal, like, standing up for it and, and trying yeah. to you would think that earlier this year. You would think that putting them into the tournament would help them financially. Exactly. You know? Like, <laughs> like what's the, the issue? Like, can the NCAA not afford to I think, pay no, for I think their... part of it was, like, discouraging. It was Again, it's an outdated uh, rule that was, like, discouraging you to do something before, like, you're ready and, like... That I think athletic departments can handle them themselves at this point, right? I mean, again, it's outdated, and I think yeah. everyone looked at it last year and was like, oh, this doesn't make sense anymore. Because D2 no teams are coming up through, in winning. Because well, like, no one actually <laughs> just put through the the correct, I, I guess, put it through the correct channels to like get it changed. I don't know. Good opening drive. Uh, we'll play good, bad, or the ugly on the other side. All right, back here on the Blitz. It's time to play some good... Bad and ugly from the weekend. A lot to choose from this weekend. There were, what, like 150 college basketball games this weekend? There were a lot. There Quite a lot. lot. Other stuff as well. Sam, the good from the weekend. Uh, my good from the weekend, John Shire, undefeated <laughs> against North Carolina in his career. Yeah, well, as a, as a coach. Yeah. As not coach. as a player. As I think coach. he lost every time as a player. Uh, probably not every time. I think it was every time. He was pretty good back in the day, Andy. True, but I know I actually think like 
he lost every game as a player. I don't know. He definitely won one. Maybe he won one. I yeah, hate maybe so I saw much that, wrong. that you're a Duke fan. Every time that is crazy up, to me. Hate it. That is crazy to Derek me. Derek Lively absolutely shut down that fraud of a center, Armando Baycott. <laughs> 0 for 6 against Lively. I hate that you're not even oh. the only like producer that's been a Duke fan at this radio station before. See that's long is, lineage. That's something I can't control, Charlie. Yeah. Um, there are like several Duke Tennessee hybrid basketball fans I know. It doesn't make any sense. Well, people, I feel like a lot of people are just Duke or North Carolina fans just because they're the two biggest teams in the sport. Like a lot of people as a kid latch on to one or the other, and they were really good when mm-hmm. we were growing up, both of them. So you just kind of latch. Like I latched on North Carolina. Yeah. Just happens. Just a great game. Um, I mean, just in for the sake of the rivalry, just – Always a great a great game, no matter if the teams are not that great that season. Always a great game. Uh, a lot of freshman production from Duke. That was just my big thing. Armando Baycott really is like one of my least favorite people on the planet, so just to see him get <laughs> shut down was, was what awesome. Is your, what see. is your gripe with Armando Baycott? Is that he, he beat Coach K in his last home game at Cameron Indoor Stadium, or was he that he ended Coach K's career in the Final Four? I've got, I've got a couple buddies, one that goes there, two from high school, one whose like family went to North Carolina, and then another one that actually goes there, and so... They were just talking trash all day long, telling, telling me about how Armando Baycott's going to destroy Duke down low and everything, and then I just got to see him get shut down. So it was nice. I, I think more it was just me being able to hold it over my buddy's heads. And I think Fair Armando enough. Baycott looks like a goldfish. Well, that was a, a rude shot at Armando. <laughs> I don't think he was Armando, expecting that. You know those goldfish with like the huge eyes that pop out of their head? That's what I think Armando rude. Baycott looks like. He would never stoop that low to make fun of a Duke player, I bet. I, I don't care. <laughs> Uh, my good of the week um, is some mid-major, uh, more mid-major love on my end here. Uh, Eastern Washington. Eastern Washington basketball. They are 12-0 in the big sky. Um, I think, who are the undefeateds in conference play still? Alabama, Eastern Washington, Oral Roberts, and am I, I'm definitely missing some more. But those are the three that, that are coming to mind. Eastern Washington's among that list. Undefeated in big sky play. Um in six of their 12, they've also scored 80 or more points. They are destroying teams. They, they curse now, though. Why? Nation's longest win streak keeps losing. They do have the nation's longest win streak. You're right, but maybe they are. But even if they lose one, they are still got a great chance to go to the tournament. Um, they beat Portland State 98-88 to this weekend. Uh, Tyrese Davis had 27 points. He only missed two shots. Um, really good team, especially inside. They have one of the best, according to Kim Palm. They're a top-five team in scoring in the paint. Um, and a, a, a top offense in the nation as well. So just wanted to give some love to the nation's longest win streak. As you said, Eastern Washington, very good for them. I'm trying to think. I think that is all the undefeated teams in conference play right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, we can let, let's take a look at them. That's um, what I've been doing to try to figure out. Big 12, no one undefeated. Big 10, no. Purdue lost this weekend, and that's their second. Big East, no. SEC, Alabama. Pac-12, no. ACC, no. Mountain West, no. American, it, Houston lost to Temple. So, no. Um, I'm already on the me. St. Mary's. Right St. Mary's. Mm, good St. Call. Mary's. We forgot St. Mary's. St. Mary's is Southern. No, Southern FAU lost to UAB, so they're out now. Other than that, I think that, that could be it. I think that's it. That is it. 
That's it. Uh, my good from the weekend is Indiana. Picking up one of the bigger wins of the entire season, beating number one Purdue at your place. Trace Jackson Davis was, he was exceptional. Good. He was good. He's one of the best just rim-running forwards, like rim-running big guys, and I've seen at the college level in quite a while. Man, he he attacks that rim like that rim punches mom. Like, that is – he is violent with the basketball. I love watching him play. Um, he was unbelievable again, 25-7, and seven, and that's, you know, Zach Eady on the floor too. Um Hood Shafino and Trey Galloway were both excellent again. Like those guys have really been playing some good basketball. Indiana looked like they were teetering towards a pretty stressful and emotional close to the season. You know, they started January off by losing to Iowa, Northwestern, and Penn State in consecutive order. They had just, you know, had a great deal of injuries, and since then, they've rattled off wins against Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan State, Minnesota, Ohio State, uh, and as most recently now, Purdue. Indiana playing some really good ball again. Look like a dangerous team, and Trace Jackson Davis again, just an unbelievable player. I, I just love, love to watch him play basketball. Love to watch him play basketball. I hope he uses his COVID year so we can get even more Trace Jackson Davis. That's my good from the weekend. Sam, what's your bad from the weekend? Uh, my bad. You you touched on it in the opening drive, but it's John Morant. Um, man, what a weird story. You know, just uh, not not what you expected to see. You didn't expect to see the Indiana Pacers fearing for for, for their life driving past John Morant. Uh, I won't. I won't go too far into it as we've already discussed it, but I don't know. I think you're right, Charlie. There's some weird things going on in Memphis right now. It seems like they're just getting into getting into trouble a little bit too frequently over there, a little bit too frequently, um, and they're not playing good basketball. They, they seem like a, a distracted franchise right now. So I would say John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies as a whole right now, bad. Bad. Mm. My bad is uh, the Dallas Cowboys. They hire Brian Schottenheimer as their offense coordinator, mm-hmm. but also on the you know the stipulation that Mike McCarthy is still calling all the plays. So um, he's just there to take all the strays, Andy. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Brian Schottenheimer was uh, um, he spent last year as a consultant for the Cowboys. So he just steps into Kellen Moore's role, except he does, he's not going to call any plays. So really, what is he going to do? I don't know. Um, go down the list of what he's done. He was with the Jaguars as their passing game coordinator, quarterbacks coach, when Urban Meyer was there. Uh, that wasn't a good season. It was a good season. I blame Urban Meyer for that one, so we won't hold it against him. With the Seahawks from 2018 to 20, which maybe that was good because Russell Wilson, not good anymore. So maybe he did some wonders with Russell Wilson, so who knows. Um other than that, he was with the Colts as their quarterback coach for two years, 16-17. Team was 30th in offense, 2017. He's with Georgia, the year Mark Rick got fired. <laughs> he was with the Rams as their OC for three years, never had a top 20 offense. So, very interesting move. It, it seems like a very safe pick. More of just, you know, hey, Mike McCarthy, I guess, is the play caller now. So, let's just hire a guy that he knows and... 
can just sit up there and have fun during games. Like, what do you do if you're the OC and you're not calling plays during the game? You're just sitting up there and hanging out? Yeah, a drinking some, this, a some Diet Cokes. Yeah. A little, a little input here. A little Eating input some there. candy, ice cream up in the press box. Yeah, yeah, Mike, I think that's a good play. Yeah. I guess you're actually on the field, and that if you're not calling the plays, I guess you're actually on the field. Like, how can Mike McCarthy coach it? I just. Uh, yeah. It's that's all, right. all I got for you're it. You're getting set up for Mike McCarthy to get fired next year, Andy. And then you're going to find yourself we, a brand we new prob- shiny we, coach. We could have had Sean Payton. Yeah, you could have. If we had just, you know, gotten rid of Mike McCarthy this year, I bet Sean Payton would have been a cowboy. He loves the mm-hmm. Cowboys. He's a Cowboy fan. He's a Cowboys guy through and through. Could Would you trade a first-round pick for him, though? Yeah. I probably would, too. Mm-hmm. Considering our first-round pick is going to be in the 20s? late 20s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe. I, I would do that. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. I think Sean Payton would have been great. I would have had fun. Would have been fun. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry that you guys... At least we have Micah Parsons for, like, things. maybe another year. Yeah, is he going to stay around, you think? <laughs> Better. I hope so. <laughs> I sure hope so. But, like, do you feel good about it? feel good about Michael I feel Parsons? good about anything with the Cowboys, to be honest with you. I feel great about Michael Parsons. I just don't know if – I hope we pay him. We're more interested in paying, you know, average quarterbacks and average running backs. Highest paid third down back, short yardage back in the NFL. <laughs> I'm tired of it. I'm so tired of it. I'm t- I, they're they're thirty now. They're they're thirty. How how do they how do they just all of a sudden become thirty? Zeke and Dak. I still think of them as like in their third year for some reason. Derrick Henry's thirty two, man. Same I still think of, yeah. I still I still think of Derrick Henry as being a young you know yeah. up and coming back. Like, like a twenty a a, a prime twenty five year old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like when I'm cognizant to see your college career, like I still think that you're like kind of young, and it's just not the case, I guess. My bad from the weekend. Pro Bowl games wasn't all smooth sailing. Miles mm. Garrett suffered an injury oh, during no. the Pro Bowl games. A dislocated toe. Oh, okay. I think he'll recover. Dislocated Shut him toe. Down. <laughs> Shut the games down. <laughs> well, I think he'll off. recover. Uh, was not very pleased that he happened to dislocate his toe. I wouldn't I wouldn't say so. I mean, it's probably going to be, you know, like a month that it bothers you, right? You got to, I don't know how long. can't really do anything for that either. You put it back in, I guess. Oh. I don't know what all, I don't know what the recovery from a dislocated toe looks like, but yeah. Pro Bowl games was sick for everyone except for Miles Garrett. Okay. Sorry, Miles. <laughs> I still don't know how he hurt his how he hurt his toe either. I think it was dodgeball. Uh, I saw him out there throwing dodgeball. He probably just yeah, it was been. either Turfed when it. he slammed against the wall. When he had to run through a wall, that was that was the best one. Or when he had to crawl under it, they're thinking, "Hey, either hyperextended it when he crawled under a wall, or when he ran through a wall." That's when he dislocated it. But that's the bad from the weekend. Uh, what's the ugly from the weekend? Uh, my ugly from the weekend was trying to put a basketball into the goal at Thompson Bowling <laughs> Arena. Um, yeah, you team shot. Uh, a combined five for forty-eight from three, a whopping ten and a half percent combined from the teams. Uh, both teams shot under thirty percent. There was a point in the game, I think, with like 
under eight minutes left where both teams had more rebounds than they did points. It was just awesome. Just a classic. Uh, it felt like every second of that game was played in the paint. Yeah, I felt I felt like I was watching like a like a eleven U basketball game sometimes. I felt like I was watching pre three point line basketball. <laughs> yeah, we're throwing like apples into the. We're not even playing with the basketball. Like we're throwing it into like an old, an old apple. apple we check the ball. Or something like that. Like, is there a chance that Let's we had like a, a reverse Duke and Florida State situation, and we were just we playing, were playing with playing a women's, women's ball. ball on Saturday? Something was <laughs> something was going on because it it was bad. Maybe it was like ten and a half. What was it feet? five of forty eight from three? Was that what you said? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> ten and a half percent. That's crazy. <laughs> combined, ten and a half percent combined. And at least it wasn't just us, you know. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it wasn't just us. Our three point defense, man. Historic numbers. <laughs> Historic numbers. Yeah, that helped us. You thought lot. that was going to swing? Nope. nope. We're just going to make you shoot three of twenty eight. It doesn't make any sense at this point. We're just good. We're good at it. Those rims, man. Do something to those rims pregame. Yeah, that one we, fly we all fly. We do something to the rims. Can we buy new rims, new <laughs> goals, maybe change the lighting in there, the depth perception, something? Something. Maybe we, like, storm the court against Alabama like we did against them in football. And, we can't and do we that. Take, take the <laughs> take the goals down with us so we can get new rims. We can't storm the court if we beat Alabama. No, no, no. no we can't. Um, I think you can. No. But only if the game ends on a buzzer beater. Okay, fair. If it's a half-court buzzer fine. beater, That's then fine. sure. You have to suck to be able to storm the court, though. I think you can't be. Like I think a, court storming rules, buzzer beater in a ranked matchup is fine, or an unranked upset of a ranked team. Unless you were like Duke beating North Carolina. Right. And you were unranked. Yeah, I and guess they were it's, ranked. It's, it gets even more specific than that. It's, guess it's like Kentucky to, like, should never storm the court. Like, no. It's yeah. unf- like Kentucky, Duke, and North Carolina, and Kansas, unfortunately, they're just in the position where they should win every game, right? Like, so that's who they are. So they should never be stormed. They're the, the teams court. that get stormed on. <laughs> like, not. if Kentucky were to be Alabama at Rupp, do you think they stormed the court? They better not. Yeah. They in better way, not. <laughs> they better I not. I would love to be the team that, out, that Kentucky stormed against, though. That would be you would awesome. Be, you would have just lost a basketball game. But also, for the rest of time, you'd just be the only team that that's ever happened with. Yeah. That's no, true. it would be absurd. I don't think they'll ever do it. Andy? Um, my ugly is is trying to make sense of who's a championship contender in college basketball this year. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in hearing y'all's maybe top six, we, seven. We, uh, we didn't get time to get into it today, so we'll save it for tomorrow. But in, uh, in the prep sheet, Ooh. I had a buy or sell college basketball team stock. Oh, I love it. Mm. I was just saying oh, six schools. Over the last week now, 15 of, of the top 25 have lost at least once, Tennessee included. This week? 1 2 no, it was, 6 8 9. Oh, I don't I can't even remember. I I don't have the top 25 in front of me, but 15 of 25 teams lost the AP poll, so the AP poll is going to be wild. I expect Purdue still to be number 1, maybe not unanimously anymore. I expect them still to be number 1 despite a loss. Where do you think Tennessee is going to be? Let's I, take I a look. It's going to be like 5 or 6 probably. Um. No, it, it should be uh, Houston will jump, Alabama will jump, Arizona will jump. Right. Virginia will not. No. Kansas State will not. No. Kansas probably won't. No. UCLA might. I think. Five I or expect. Six. I expect seven. I think it's five or six. I expect seven. Honestly, St. Mary's should be in the top twelve. Um. Rank Rutgers, please. Please yeah, rank let's Rutgers. Get that done. Rutgers is receiving 17 votes. 
Why why is this happening? They should be in the top 17, not receiving 17 votes. Yeah, that's that's crazy to me. Get Clemson out of there. Please get Clemson out of there. Um, Florida Atlantic, you, you can still be in there. That's fine. Let's rank Eastern Washington. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it, well, yeah. Uh, man, chaos. Uh, also, shout out Akron. They beat Kent State on Friday. Kent State was kind of like everyone's darling. Akron, Zips. Leaders of the Mac. I can't state in that one. Um, Mugly from the weekend. Did you guys see what happened in Portland and Pepperdine? I did see that. Yeah. That was crazy. So. Wow. Let's fast forward to a point in this game where it's 92 to 89, right? Fast forward to that point in the game. Portland is at the free throw line. There are eight seconds left. And we're in double OT. Tyler Robinson, excuse me, Tyler Robertson is at the free throw line for Portland. A chance to make it a two-possession game. Tyler Robertson misses a free throw. Portland gets the board. Tyler Robertson gets fouled again, misses another free throw. Pepperdine grabs the off the grabs the rebound. And here they come down the court, down three with about five seconds to go. For some reason, Jay Yoon, a walk-on fresh off the bench for Pepperdine, decides that he's going to drive it straight to the hole down three and attempt to lay up with about two seconds left. <laughs> smart play, right? Well, it kind of ended up being a smart play. Jay, well, not a smart play, but it worked out either way. Jay Yoon made the layup, and he was fouled. Fouled by Christian Soljand. So a chance now at the free throw line. Okay, you can tie this game up with a three-point play, send it to a third OT. But then Jay Yoon missed the free throw. So the same guy that fouled, uh, Christian Sogerland, Sogerland, he grabs the rebound off the missed Jay Yoon free throw. At that point, Jalen Petrie of Pepperdine kind of wraps him up from behind, just trying to foul or poke the ball free. The officials call a foul, but you can't really hear the whistle in the chaos immediately. The clock runs out. You hear the buzzer sound. And this guy's still kind of on the back of uh, Sojalun for Portland. And at that point, the Portland player clears with an, a left elbow, just clears the guy off of his back, elbows him in the face. Yeah, it was quite the elbow. Then the referees come out and say, wait, that there was still a second left. When he got fouled. Yeah. So then now we're also going to assess a technical foul on the Portland player. Yeah. So first, Christian Sojand is going to get a couple timeouts, or I mean a couple free throws because of the foul on Jalen Petrie. So he goes to the free throw line, makes the first, back up two, but misses the second. Chance to make it a three-point game again. He missed it. So now Houston Millette of Pepperdine is going to get to go to the free throw line with a chance to tie it with one second left with two technical free throws. Down down two. He makes the first. It's 93-92. Still a second to go. Then he missed the second. Pepperdine grabs the offensive rebound, calls a timeout all simultaneously. They get the timeout with .6 seconds left. 
and then they get a tip-in buzzer beater to win that game without going to a third overtime. Pretty cool. They were down five, or they were down three, with less than five seconds to go. Missed multiple free throws, did not make a three-point shot, and won a basketball game. Pretty awesome. Hell of a that finish. has got to be that sounds less than finish. ugly to me. That sounds pretty, pretty great. Oh, it's ugly for Portland. Ugly for Portland, yeah. For Portland, again, you were up by three points with four seconds to go. And they didn't even hit a three. And they missed two free throws. And you still lost without it even going to another overtime. That is as ugly as a loss as it could possibly get. Yeah. That is, you got to go check out the video of all of this transpiring. Pandemonium. Just go to Twitter and type in Pepperdine, and the video will come up immediately. Shout out Pepperdine. Shout Shout out out Pepperdine. Zoe 101. That's right. That is that campus. I love that show. Who's the head coach, Pepperdine? Trivia. Don't know, but shout out Zoe 101, man. Lorenzo Romar. I still just. They're 8 and 17. I'm so mad at that, that girl for getting pregnant and ruining that show before. Chase and Zoe got to finally end up together. Is that what happened? They they ended up together. We don't know that. No, they his, definitely no, did. No, his thing was buzzing. She'd finally texted him, reciprocating his feelings, and her little buzz phone machine thing had fallen in the fountain. No, that was an old ended. episode. Then they got together and they he, they went to London and all that stuff happened. What are no. you talking about? I'm talking about Zoe. I don't think they ended up together. Shout out Pepperdine though. They went. They were one Shout of ten. Shout out Zoe. One of ten. We're we're not shouting out Pepperdine. We're shouting out Zoe. Zoe, I love you. Pepperdine's coach used to coach Washington. Just best bet. Let you know. Other side. Markel Fultz. I got to figure out what happened in the end. I'm pretty sure it ended with that phone like buzzing (laughs) and falling into the fountain. I don't know. I've been googling. There was an episode, a two-parter called "Goodbye Zoe," and she did go to London. Like that's when they had like little mix-ups. Like maybe that was the final episode. I don't know. I need the show to end so I can dive into the No, world. because then at one point Zoe ended up dating Austin Butler. Remember that? Like no. and, and and Chase was in London. Austin Butler, the new Elvis, he came on the show for a while. <laughs> and dated Zoe? And dated Zoe, yeah. Shout out Austin Butler. Best bet, Sam? <laughs> Y'all should do uh, Zoe one on one shot collar trivia against each other. Oh, I would lose. Seems Let's like go. y'all know a lot about it. Okay. Apparently not. I don't. We don't even know how the show ends. I don't know how it ends. Um, Is anyone? It's just one of those <laughs> things where you just an episode would come on. Like you never actually knew the linear no. path the show. It just like uh, episodes would come on at random times. I wanted them together. Best bet. Uh, my best bet. Uh, I'm gonna go to Kansas minus four and a half today against Texas back at home. Mm. Kansas has lost three of their last mm. five. Just got blown out on Saturday against Iowa State. Sure did. They got blown, blown out. out. Blown out. Um, Texas looking good. People are hopping on Texas now. People so. are hopping on Texas. Kind of in on Texas. Out of nowhere. Maybe. Yeah. No, Texas looks good. They're, they're, they are good. The athletic. They Texas are good. looks very good, but Kansas needs a win, and it's tough to win at Allen Fieldhouse. Yes, I'm going to go Kansas. I like that. I like that a lot. Best bet, Mr. Brock. Celtics and Pistons, maybe the most lopsided game of the NBA season. <laughs> best <laughs> best team in the East versus the worst team in the East. Over under those pretty good. Two thirty one. Let's go with that. Boom. My best bet. It's the Miami Hurricanes. At home tonight against Duke. Uh Duke 
obviously just had the big win against UNC. Now, emotionally, they got to get back up to go on the road against a Miami team that's just better than Duke, honestly. They don't play well in Miami either. That's never do. It's a good bet. Miami only a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I think they win this game by seven, at least. I would tease it all the way to minus six-and-a-half. I feel very good about the Hurricanes tonight. That might be my best bet all week. But got a big week coming up. We'll see you again tomorrow morning. Thanks for tuning in. For Sam Beard, for Andy Brock, I'm Charlie Collier. Y'all have a good one. It's John Reed. Talk sports there up next.